This is Sirius FM. Just gone 818 uh, Central African time at the time of the morning where we uh, get into our segment on a Juma morning. A quick fire Q&A with Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Uh, well, he's coming through just now. Yusuf is trying to get that cable linked with the cableway of, uh, you know, if you've been to Cape Town and you take the cableway from top to the bottom. And it's quite a lovely uh, ride when you get down there. I was uh, very young when I went there. You so very, very young when I took the cable ride. That was when my dad was still alive, and I must have been four or five years old, going up the Table Mountain. Can't remember much, but I can just remember that cableway, that old cableways, where, you know, sometimes when it's stuck in the middle and it starts shaking and shaking. But uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith has become an international figure, alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. World-renowned platforms are calling him now because of his honesty, and he walks the talk. Mufti Ibrahim Smith, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and tell us how you're doing this fine, a beautiful Jummah morning. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh, Shafat, Yusuf, our technical team, and all our wonderful listeners out there, alhamdulillah, Allah shukar. Another Jummah, another blessed day for us, Shafat, how can we complain so? Absolutely, uh, UK, the West Indies, uh, also the US, and uh, I'm not forgetting uh, Timbuktu, they all get in touch with you, and they say, hey, Mufti Prime Smith, we need your nasiha, but alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah, uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up avenues and uh, lets uh, the people of Haq, yeah, they manifest. Questions coming through, this one says, Assalamu alaikum Mufti, did the government call on the closure of a masjid or a reduction in the amount of a worship? What did they call for Mufti Saab? A very good question, Shafat, because we see some confusion amongst uh, our community, amongst our public uh, masjid closing uh, many here in Cape Town as well, you know. So the government actually requested us and uh, said that we should reduce the number of worshippers indoors. So that's our places of worship to 50. So only 50 people are allowed to come to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The government did not request us to close our places of worship. I don't think that they will do that uh, anytime soon also, because we must remember last time that uh, the Christian organization, they actually complained to the government that you're opening up every other place, but not the places of worship. So we should not confuse the matter or, uh, you know, do our own things and just close the masajid left, right, and center, because there's absolutely no request from our side to do that. And we're not going to score any brownie points also by doing that, by Violating the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and closing up the places of worship. Rather, leave it open for those people who are fit and healthy uh, so that they can attend and go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, you heard the brownie points. I like my brownies with ice cream. And what about you? Uh, Whoop cream. Yeah. Whoop cream. <laughs> hey, Mufti knows these brownies. Eh? Have it with the whoop cream. Uh, assalamu alaikum. Is it permissible to uh, speak bad of the deceased, uh, Mufti Saab? Uh, Rasulullah has prohibited us from speaking bad of the deceased. Uh, in one narration, he says, Lata subbul amwat, do not speak deceased because they have passed on. All right, uh, uh, seems like uh, we've lost uh, Mufti Saab there, and uh, Yusuf will try and uh, get him back, back, inshallah. And it happens because once it's, uh, yeah, Cape Town is how many kilometers away? 5,000, 6,000 from here. Yeah, quite a, yeah. 
Well, get your questions through, and I see our screens are buzzing, definitely buzzing with a lot of questions coming through, and our number, you can't forget the number, you should have had it like, you know, in the back of your head, you know exactly what the number is, 084-786-3720, Mufti is back, you know what happened, he was talking and hit the wrong button on the phone, am I correct, Mufti Saab? Yeah, Shafat, somehow Eskom is a hand in our show, you know, so we'd rather blame them. All right, he says the right thing. We will blame it on you, Eskom, on you. Yeah, load shedding and you're taking our things out there. And uh, assalamu alaikum. Can we wear Spider-Man clothes for our children? Oh, and uh, salams, uh, Mufti Saab. What is halal friendly? Two simple questions for you, Mufti Saab. Yes, uh, number one, uh, wearing Spider-Man clothing, etc. You know, so that is promoting something that uh, promotes uh, a being having a, a being a mutant, number one, and having a superhuman power. So that is wrong. Children will grow up with uh, this belief. You know, that is a part of Islamic clothing, part of Islamic attire. If you want to buy, then buy your children simple, decent clothes. Uh, so I'm against uh, that first and foremost. Number two, there's no such thing as halal friendly shabbat because halal friendly means they will still be serving alcohol. And, uh, of course, there's a risk of uh, possible contamination because everything is prepared in a simple, plain kitchen where there's no separation between halal ingredients and between haram ingredients. So the food that you purchase might be contaminated with uh, haram and impermissible ingredients. And then uh, the people sitting next to you, they might be ordering alcohol as well. Rasulullah Sallam has prohibited us, prohibited us from uh, sitting at a table where alcohol is served. So uh, it doesn't necessarily mean a table. It means a... a, a, a an institution, a place, an outlet where these type of foods are being served. So I've seen many uh, fisheries and takeaways, etc., seafood places that claims to be halal friendly, but yet they're serving alcohol. And our Muslims should refrain from entering and supporting these places, G. Yeah, Mufti Saab, a small portion of halal surrounded by a sea of haram. Hey, it's halal friendly. Icona can never be. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saab. Hope everyone is well at the station. Uh, please, uh, can you ask Mufti Ibrahim on what is the general opinion on social media? We don't always have control over what comes up on our feed, but we also need to be aware of what is out there. Jazakumullah khaira, Mufti Saab. Yes, uh, Shafat, uh, social media can be a very good place if you want to benefit, and it can be a very bad place in space also because you are being bombarded daily with uh, very different types of uh, information. Uh, some consist of slandering, some consist of swearing, indecent uh, messages, etc. So those things, you are not responsible for that. If you open it up, you just make istighfar and you delete it. The moment you share such a fault and then you become complicit in that and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take you to task for that also because you are sending and sharing unverified information that might possibly harm other people in the process you know so if there's no truth to it and you did not verify then discard such uh, messages and if you are not sure about a certain message uh, whereby it contains Islamic elements hadith Quran etc then you will have to consult with your local alim to verify if that is indeed true and authentic Islamic information, G. Well, they sometimes say, consult your local service provider. But people, now mm-hmm. Mufti says, consult with your local alim. Yeah, okay. Conflict, uh, Mufti Saab, this question reads, uh, conflict, uh, conflicting fatwas on vaccines. Who do we follow, Mufti? Yes, Shafat, I always say that the Nabi Ali Islam told us, istafti qalbak. 
that ask the fatwa from your heart first. That is what every person should do. We've seen fatwa of permissibility. We've seen fatwa of impermissibility as well. So the safer option would be to follow that uh, where it says it is impermissible because remember, you will not be punished for doing something that is halal and permissible, but you will be punished for doing something that is haram and impermissible. So that is the objective, is to save yourself from being punished at the end of the day. And uh, at this point in time, and I've consulted many, many people, uh, doctors as well, you know, uh, what they've told me is to be vaccine hesitant. Uh, that means give it time, let us see the safety and efficacy, etc. That will be, uh, uh, of course, uh, the data will be collected over the next couple of months. And after that, a person can make an informed decision regarding uh, the usage of vaccines at this point. That is our uh, what is the minimum age for a sheep to be slaughtered for Qurbani? For Qurbani in the Shafi and Hanafi Madhab, a sheep should be at least one year of age going into its second year. That is the general rule. However, in the Hanafi Madhab as well, if a sheep is uh, uh, but, uh, younger than one year old, but it resembles a sheep of one year old, meaning in stature, in build, in meat quality, etc., uh, then you can slaughter that sheep as well. Your Qurbani, the permissibility of that in the action, that will be uh, considered sufficient for you also, G. Yeah, listeners, I've got a question for you. One sheep, many, what? Yeah. Sheep. You hey, Mufti, why you gave the answer? What did the listeners <laughs> give it? VHA is biased. You didn't have to. Yusuf reckon sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, you guys are hot here. He's giving me answers. I'm asking the listeners, but Mufti is, uh, you know what, he's fast on the draw. Mufti Saba, this question says, sadly, no hajj for us this year again. Is this part of a prophetic uh, prophecies? Yes, uh, Shafad, I was shocked. You know, I thought at least it will be uh, opened up for, for foreign travelers as well, seeing that uh, Saudi Arabia has implemented a very stringent vaccine routine program. Uh, but then someone who was there recently told me that you can't even go to a shopping mall if you have not taken the vaccine. So, but nevertheless, it is part of uh, the prophecies of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know that Hajj will be abandoned very soon because of all the, the difficulties uh, that people mm-hmm. experience now. They cannot travel, they cannot leave their homes, etc. Uh, the, the airlines is not uh, bringing their part also because the government uh, is stopping foreigners from entering Saudi Arabia. So we should uh, be very, very worried at this point in time. Uh, being not able to visit the holy lands, uh, not able to go for Hajj, not able to visit the grave of Rasulullah sallam. We should be crying and pleading to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we should, should take heed at the same time and uh, make dua that all those people who are preventing us from reaching there, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should replace them uh, with uh, better leaders that will open up the doors for the Muslim Ummah insha'Allah. Yes, uh, Mufti Sab, well said there. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Uh, please, uh, can you explain to us what is a weak hadith and a strong hadith? Why do people not obey a weak hadith? Isn't there a chance that it is actually a genuine hadith that has been discounted? <laughs> I heard a YouTube video saying that a strong hadith is an A+, while a weak hadith is a C+. It's uh, still a pass mark, uh, but uh, many people will still discount it. Hey! Here's the mana Prada. Mufti Saab, your response? Yes, very good question, uh, Shafat. I'll try to answer it as briefly as possible. So, yes, you get an authentic hadith, but sometimes an authentic hadith is not usable, meaning a strong hadith, because it has been abrogated. So you have to have knowledge of 
which authentic hadith is still being used. And then you get a weak hadith uh, that is usable, and sometimes weak hadith can become strong. Again, it can be recategorized if there are many different chains connecting that hadith, so many different narrators narrating that hadith, then it will be regraded uh, from a weak hadith to that of at least Hassan, which means a good hadith. Then you also have to know that who has declared the hadith weak, and why did they declare that particular hadith weak? If you have knowledge of that, then you can discount it uh, based on your your ijtihadi uh, capabilities, your knowledge of that particular hadith. Uh, weak hadith, it is mostly used in fabail, in uh, matters related to virtue, and uh, it is not uh, used in matters related to aqidah, our creed, and our belief, tawheed, etc. It is not used uh, for that. So many of our ahkam, uh, uh, sometimes uh, weak hadith, uh, are being used in the absence of any other types of, of proof that exist out there. So the fuqaha, the jurists, they use it because authenticity is not a condition for, for, for formulating a ruling. So that is where some people go astray. They discount weak hadith completely. But many of the ahkam in the rulings in Islam that we have, it is also based on that because of other strengthening factors. G. Yeah, A plus and C plus, alternate current, AC. Yeah, got it, people. Yeah, okay. AMC. All right, that's another story altogether, Mufti Saab. Uh, is it permissible for a man to look for a good wife on a Muslim matrimonial website, Mufti Saab? That is not a uh, appropriate thing to do for a person to look for a spouse on a matrimonial uh, website, shafashadi.com and marriage.com and all these other uh, websites that is available out there because emails displaying uh, their pictures there first and foremost. And then you cannot trust and verify the biographies uh, that is attached to that, you know, and you don't know if that is the actual person that you are speaking to. So that is the, uh, the improper, which is not correct. If you have an interest or a need, then ask around for a good wife, ask uh, uh, the imam in your local community and uh, family members as well, and perhaps they will direct you to a good spouse Then in getting engaged, and then from there chatting will start, and from chatting, cheating will start also, so people should avoid the cheat. Okay, Mufti Saba, yeah, contact your local aling, contact your local imam, if you want to make a match. You heard that? Yeah. Asalamza Mufti Saab, why are they calling for a global boycott? Please educate us. A global boycott, Shafat, yes, that is when people are left with no other uh, way. They've made dua, they, they did all they, they could uh, in, uh, you know, boycotting a certain uh, community, uh, a certain uh, group of people, or a certain... Uh, Clover, uh, Clover. Oh, Clover, Clover, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Clover, Clover, because uh, it is uh, a Jewish-owned company. They have shares in uh, that as well. So many people have started. And not only Clover, there's a lot of global brands. Coming back to global also, there's a lot of global brands as well that uh, forms part of this contingency that is supporting Israel openly. And uh, those uh, uh, funds that we contribute by purchasing these products that is being used to fight uh, and kill the poor Palestinians in uh, Gaza and the rest of Palestine as well, you know. So because we don't have any uh, other thing to do that is effective. So the best option for people is then to avoid buying such brands and uh, such uh, products as well. And I encourage the people not to support them, you know, that uh, refrain from purchasing uh, such stuff. In that way, you are uh, directly contributing and uh, you are actually crippling them so that uh, they cannot uh, procure funds from the Muslim community and use it against our Muslim brothers and sisters uh, that side of the world, key. What is the uh, ruling on uh, gifting a translation of Quran to non-Muslims? 
You can give a translation Quran if it doesn't consist of mostly Arabic parts. So it is best then to buy uh, something uh, or a copy that is completely written in English. And in that way you will ensure that the ihtiram and the respect for the glorious book of Allah that is being uh, kept, you know, and it is being respected instead of giving a Quran that is filled with Arabic as well. So that I don't encourage the people to give because uh, giving it to a non-Muslim, they don't understand Arabic first and foremost, you know, and then they do not know uh, the adab and etiquette that is associated with uh, the glorious Quran, being in a pure state, having wudu, etc. So it is best to buy a complete English translation and that you can give to the uh, non-Muslim that you want to give it to G. Is it uh, permissible to curse Israel? Israel is a noble name, Shufat. Uh, it is yes, uh, very astonishing, you know. But Israel is the name of uh, Nabi Yaqub, alayhi salatu wassalam. So you cannot curse Israel because you're cursing, uh, you're cursing Nabi Yaqub, alayhi salatu wassalam. And that is what they want us to do. What you can do, you can say, La'natullahi ala al-Yahud. Uh, may the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon the Zionists. That you can say. Uh, but do not say that, uh, may the curse of Allah be upon Israel. Because, uh, that name is used in the Quran. Except what Israel has made prohibited on himself, so it is Nabi Yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam. Yeah, the Mufti is only 48 years old, people. Yeah, it says here, Assalamu alaikum. Is it permissible to celebrate a 50th birthday party? Yeah, it's not about Mufti. He's only 48. Mufti up. <laughs> Shafat, we should refrain from these type of things. Just if a family gets together and uh, cook some nice food, etc., and give things to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that serves as a reminder that so much of a person's life is gone already, uh, then that would be permissible. But party, balloons, etc., music, karaoke, all these things are birthday uh, celebrations. is not part of Islam, you know. So that should be avoided at all costs. And see, the world is suffering today, and people still have time to celebrate parties. There's so much uh, poverty going around. Rather take that money and spend it in the part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for that Allah will reward you inshallah yeah a colorful uh, message on my screen here it says assalamu alaikum please advise our sisters on all the fancy abayas we want our sisters to go to jannah not to go into debt hey mufti sahab a very, very good message, uh, Shafat. I've been saying this all along, you know. Uh, this uh, uh, coloring a bias and name-branded a bias with all the glitterati, etc., that is against what Islam wants our uh, sisters to wear out there. Islam wants them not to be recognized when they are outside. Uh, that is what Islam wants, and, and that is safety for themselves. Islam does not want our sisters to attract attention out there. That's why Islam has asked them to dress properly and modestly also. So it is for their own safety. It is not because uh, for any other reason, you know. So that is the commandment of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now when you have so much glitterati that you even make the, the sun out there shy because you are outshining the sun, then what uh, can you expect at the end of the day when people have uh, all some type of, of, of comments at you, etc., uh, then you want to be the first person to become upset. But you are the cause of putting yourself in destruction's part, you know. So that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited that, Ji. Well said there, Mufti Sahab. Uh, this question says, is it permissible to use a net bank greenbacks uh, rewards? Netbank Greenbacks reward is a gift from the bank that the gift uh, that the bank is conferring uh, to you. So it is completely permissible if the bank has given it to you. You can use uh, that uh, Greenbacks uh, uh, reward and any other bank for that matter that uh, reward you when you make purchases because uh, that is a gift uh, considered as a gift from their side to you. G. 
Mufti Sahib, can Hanafis perform Salah in absentia? Only Shafi people can perform Salatul Ghaib uh, when a person becomes deceased and uh, they do not have access or they cannot go to the Janazah, they can uh, perform such a type of Salah. For Hanafi people, it is uh, not permissible for them to perform Salatul Ghaib. Uh, Mufti Saab, uh, why should we wear masks and uh, social distance when no one uh, did it at the G7 meeting? Hey, I saw that <laughs> all had no mask on. No mask and then smiling. You can see through their throat what they ate the day before. That also their mouths were wide open, Shabbat, making the entire globe stupid, you know, imposing such curfews upon us. And then greeting and shaking hands and having barbecue and braai. One big party at the Gangster 7 meeting. I call it G7 Gangster 7 meeting, you know. There's a lot of gangsters there. So, yes, people, you can deduce your own comments from there. I'm sure you've seen the footage uh, going throughout the... uh, the world and on social media as well. So uh, be very, very careful when you take a lesson from these people. Do what is right for you and uh, just continue doing that, inshallah. Yeah, Mufti Saab, you can see racism at its best at the international level. Yes. All the vittles and then you got all these coming from other parts of the world. All the, yes. you know what? The kitchen boys. What's your take on that, Mufti Saab? No, it's, it's true, Shafat, racism at its highest level, and you can see who's been captured by these people as well, because when you have uh, a group of clowns coming together, and uh, they're laughing, and they've got time to rejoice, and people are dying, and they've created so much fear amongst uh, the, the nations, and uh, they are still, uh, have time to enjoy themselves, that shows it all, if you still believe at the end of the day that all of this is real, then uh, as the saying goes, you are a special kind of stupid. You should be very, very careful. We always tell the people, do your own research at the end of the day and connect the dots and then you will see where all of this is heading. It is all part and parcel of the plan of the coming of the Dajjal and that is on our doorstep as well. Okay. Well, Mufti Saab, how's this anecdote of Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu? He says, you will not know truth by men. Rather know the truth, then you will know the men that are truthful. Your comments. Yes, and very few of them alive today still. Many has passed on as well. So that's why we have to search for the truth. You know, the truth is out there. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always expose the Ba'atil forces. And they're being exposed by the people around them. How did we know that they were not wearing masks, etc., if their own people didn't take pics and send it around the globe, Shafat? Yeah, absolutely. And what about uh, the sickle of time mows men down and men will go, men will perish. But the noble Quran will be in your midst forever and ever. Open it, read it with meaning and understanding. So you will say, hey, the Quran will say, I was there, but you didn't open me. I was there, you didn't read me. I was there to give you a message, but you didn't want it. But what did you do? Well, I'll let you ponder on that, uh, people. Let you ponder on that. Well, Mufti Saab, this question says, is a vanilla extract halal? There's two types of different uh, vanillas you get out there. Or they could be more also. One is vanilla essence, so that is synthetic that you can use, uh, that is permissible, you know. One is vanilla extract, and I think the, the uh, question is asking about this. This is uh, when vanilla has been extracted uh, and it is uh, being used while alcohol has been added. Sometimes up to 35% of uh, alcohol has been added. So yes, there's a difference of opinion if the alcohol doesn't come from or source from grapes or dates, 
etc. Then it will be permissible. But the public doesn't know this, so the public should exercise caution. And at this point in time, I would advise the people not to use vanilla extract unless it has been certified completely, 100% halal. Rather use the alternative vanilla essence, inshallah, and you'll be much safer in that. If you cannot find pure vanilla, vanilla is expensive. I think it's about 120 bucks for two or, or two pods uh, just of that. And you must remember it comes from the orchid family also, so that, that is why it is uh, so expensive, Shafaji. Yeah, Mufti Saab, when you have your pudding and you didn't put in your vanilla essence, then you <laughs> missed the essence of the pudding. I don't know how you... <laughs> okay, I will leave it at that. Mufti Saab, your parting words this morning. Uh, Allah, Allah make, uh, make everything good for us, Shafat. Allah protect us also and uh, Allah guide us also. So, you know, we're leaving on Sunday for Gaza. Make the that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us entry into Gaza, inshallah, and a safe return as well. Jazakumullah khair Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And bon voyage to our Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Always brilliant on the quickfire Q&A. Broadcasting live from the East Rand, this is Sirius FM, 24 hours a day, sharing the peace and light of Islam, www.suriusfm.net.